Wonderful. Good morning, everyone. Good to see you all. If you haven't met me, my name's Stuart. I'm the leader of the church. It's lovely to have you with us, whether it's your first time or your hundredth time. I hope you felt welcome when you came in and you have a great time with us um, this morning. Let me just let you know, last week, um, last week was a significant week for us as a church because we've made a bunch of changes over the summer. Had some people join us and we kind of, it all, it all happened last Sunday, so we'd changed it around, we'd had the new doors, we'd had some new equipment put in, all these bits and pieces, um, which was exciting, so there was lots of changes, but I remember praying that morning, saying, God, I know there's a bunch of changes that we're going to have to deal with kind of uh, organizationally and structurally as a church, but I really don't care about them. What I care most of all is having your presence amongst us and having you impacting lives, and I just want to share, during the, um, the time of worship we had after the sermon last week, um, there was... Uh, Jeremy, who was here, he, he came and nudged me at the beginning of the, um, the time of worship, and he, he just said, he says, Joe, I feel there's some people here who need to be released from fear and anxiety, he said. And I was like, oh, okay. I said, anything else, Jeremy? And he said, no, that's it. And he walked away. And I'm like, all right, okay. Um, it was, we just started singing, so I thought, I won't land this on people just yet. We'll give it a little bit of time and sort of get into God's presence and get people focused. And then... Melanie nudged me a bit later and said, I feel I've got, I want to bring something. And I said, well, Jeremy said this. See if, you know, see if it all lines up. And so she shared what she felt God was saying. And uh, she shared that at the end and said, basically, I feel um, God, God here is saying there's some people who want to be released from fear and anxiety. Does that apply to anyone? And I always felt, I'm glad she did it, not me. Because when you ask people to respond to fear and anxiety by putting their hands up in a room full of people... It kind of pushes on fear and anxiety. And I was like, well, okay, that's, that's one way. But there's, I thought there's no other way of doing it. We'll have to do it like that. And as she said it, hands shot up. I can't remember how many, four or five hands over the room basically shot up and said, we, we kind of respond to that. We would like prayer for that. And it was like, wow, God must be saying something because he knows what's going on in people's hearts. And so we said, well, can we get some people to pray for them? And some people laid hands on them. And there was various bits going on in the room. And I can, what I know... Um, for certain is that I know two people who responded specifically for things were prayed for there and then and were impacted by God powerfully. One of them stood with me afterwards in the foyer and explained the whole situation. Actually, said they, they'd had fear and anxiety over something and it come up over the summer and something was happening that very week, saying that this same thing is coming up again and I just I'm just in a in a, in a whole knot about it. But now I've been prayed for. It feels like something's wrong, broken and something's changed. And so I just want to share that with you, that God is at work amongst us. Um, and it's what, what, what I'm praying for more and more is impacted lives. It's nice to have more people. It's nice to have new faces. It's nice to kind of tighten up what we do here and make, you know, make it kind of work a bit better, run a bit smoother. But that is what I'm after more than anything, is that God would impact and change lives. And it happened last week. You may not have noticed, but it did, and it's a wonderful thing. And if that's your story and you want to share it with people you know, please do. It's great to build up and encourage. All right, what I'm going to talk about today is last week um, I looked at, uh, there was a few questions I wanted to ask as a church just to remind us where we're going. Last week I looked at the why and the where of um, Real Life Church. I thought, why are we here? And I looked at where are we going? And why we're here was our purpose, which is over here we went through. We believe real life is having a relationship with Jesus, following the example of Jesus and changing the world with Jesus. So it's all about Jesus. It's all about him. It's all about our primarily our relationship with him and offering that to others. Having a relationship with Jesus therefore transforms us 
as people, as we become more and more like him, as he deals with our lives. And then through that, we in turn affect others, and it becomes a multiplying effect, and that's what we're about as a church. Um, And then I looked at the where, where we're going as a church. What has God called us to kind of long-term if we push it out? And uh, we we had this one over here, which we were going to be a large, influential, reproducing church. That's what God had called us to. We went through some of the things it said in the Bible, some of the things God has said to us prophetically, and kind of set out our stall. That's what we think God has said to us. And actually, if you look around, evidence is already kind of starting to come in that God is doing what he said he was going to do. If you have missed that sermon, you're kind of a bit, oh, I don't remember that. Please go to our website. You can download it. You can listen to it on your phone, all that kind of thing. Catch up on last week's sermon. What I want to look at today is kind of the how. How are we going about doing that? We know why we're here. We know where we're going. Kind of how are we going to get there? Because um, to be a large, influential, reproducing church is quite a long way off for us. We see it in bits and pieces. But how are we going to go about getting there? And what we've done in 2014, we felt God prompt us at the beginning of the year to put together 12 steps that would just move us forward on our journey. And on your sheet, on your table, you should have a bit of paper like this. If you're not, just look on the chair in front and grab it off their chair. These are your notes for today's sermon. Because we're going to... We're going to go through these, and we're going to review them. I laid them out in January, uh, beginning of this year. We reviewed them kind of Easter time. Um, How are we doing? This is what's happening. We've now got towards the kind of the back end of 2014, Um, and I want to review them again as we sort of see out the year, and hopefully... By God's grace, there'll be lots of things to thank God for because we'll have seen some things come to fruition. If we get through all, t- all 12 we haven't done any of them, we're not doing so great. But hopefully we'll have hit some of them, things will be working, and you'll understand where we're going as we see out um, 2014. Because I don't know if you realize, not long till Christmas, it's almost here, the end of it. Joe, how many days have we got till Christmas? Do you know roughly? No, not long, not long. Not many shopping days left, so start thinking about it. Wait till the clocks go back and there'll be... It will be Christmas everywhere. So as we roll down to um, how God is going to move us to be a large, influential, reproducing church, look at that first one. The first one was our monthly prayer meeting. At this time last year, um, I spoke about putting this on our agenda. We began like this as a church. We would pray together kind of every week in a corporate dynamic because at that time we only had one sort of small group. There wasn't that many of us. (laughs) And so we would pray regularly, and it would be a corporate expression because it would pretty much be all of us because we were all there at this one group. So we would pray. But then, then we, the group grew and grew as the church grew, and we multiplied. We became two groups, and we built prayer into our, our structure of our, of our small groups, our life groups, we call them. We, we, every week we eat, we chat, and we pray. That's what we say, eat, talk, and pray. And so we all had prayer. But over the next 18 months, a year, I had this conviction that actually we were lacking a corporate dynamic of prayer. And it kind of grew, and I felt God nudge me on it, and I talked to the other leaders, and we prayed, and we felt, oh, we want to build that into the life of the church, a, a corporate expression of prayer, where it wouldn't just be individual groups, but there'll be kind of as many as we can get to, it would never be all of us, but as many as we can get to, to pray together and corporately seek God for the church and where it's going. And so we started church at prayer, and we did it once a month, and then we had the challenge of if you're going to add a prayer meeting into the life of the church, how do you do that? Because you've got to pick a night, and no night seems to work, and you've got to compete with everything else. So we said, we said right, we're just not going to meet in life groups that week. We're just going to pray together instead. So we, we met three weeks in life groups, one week of prayer, and we'd all come together, and we would pray 
um, together. And that, we've done that for 12 months. And I don't know about you, but I think they've been awesome. <laughs> if you've been there, hopefully you thought they were good. They were great times of engaging with God. They, were, they, they added something to us as a church that we didn't have, which was an uninterrupted time focusing on Jesus where we could worship and pray. And I have to say this, without the children. <laughs> they're great. Love them. I have two myself. You know, I think they're awesome. But actually having a time where we can just gather and give our complete focus to you, there's no other agenda other than we're going to worship and pray. We might get around to praying some things I'd written down, but if not, if God takes us somewhere else, that's fine. So we stuck that into the life of the church, and we prayed, and that was brilliant, and we loved that. But what I felt during the year, um, and I, I talked with my leaders, and we were kind of in agreement on this, that actually we want to increase the amount of corporate prayer we do as a church to actually kind of up our game for a period and actually think, let's pray into all the things God is doing and all the things that God has put um, in front of us. The changes we've made, the, the repercussions of them in the church, we need to bring them for God and pray into them. Because I don't know about you, but I'm a believer in prayer and I believe prayer changes things and I believe prayer, prayer changes us and it helps us and I wanted to actually stick that into the life of the church. And so what we want to do, this term we want to trial uh, to push prayer more into what we're doing as a church is to actually pray together more often in a corporate dimension, a corporate expression. And so what we're going to try for this term, we're just going to try, let's see how it works, is we're actually going to pray every other week. We're going to meet one week at life groups, then we're going to pray, and then we're going to meet together in life groups, and then we're going to pray. And we'll do that in turn time. We won't do that through the holidays. And so actually it's not quite 50-50, but effectively what it does is it ups the amount of times we're praying together as a church. Now, Pros and cons to this. Some of the negatives, the obvious one is you don't meet as often as your life group. You know, that's, that we've taken some of those away and, and there'll be less time, obviously, to connect with those people in that one meeting context that we have every week for a couple of hours. So that's the negative. However, the positive, I feel, outweigh that. The first positive is that you pray more together corporately. And, I, <laughs> and for me, I think that's a good thing to gather together, to pray as a corporate expression, to, to give our request to God, but also to hear. It's a two-way thing, to hear from God. What is God saying to us as a church corporately? We hear things on a Sunday, but to up that in our midweek context with a longer time, less distraction is a good thing. I think the other thing is that when you pray with people, it connects you to them. I think it connects you to God, but it connects you to others who you pray with. And we've had people come and join us, and I think gathering together to pray together, to pray with one another, because even in a corporate context, sometimes we get into small groups, come on, you pray over there, you pray over there, and we'll pray into this. Praying with and for people connects you to them. It is, I would s- submit to you, it's impossible to pray for someone and pray with someone and not feel some level of affection for them and not some sort of connection for them and not some desire for good for them and to see God work in their life more. So I'm, I'm convinced of that. So if we gather together to pray more, hopefully that will be a greater expression of us connecting together as a church and being stronger together. It's also just another opportunity to meet people in a midweek context, and you meet more of them. Your life group is set, it's small. If we come together in a slightly larger context, you'll see a lot more faces, hopefully get to know people a little bit quicker, or at least recognize their faces more. Another side, um, side effect is actually it frees up more evenings midweek think about this we meet currently we have three life groups that meet Tuesday Wednesday and a Thursday night and they do that kind of every week you suddenly break, break that down and say we're just going to have one prayer meeting that week you suddenly release two nights a week to do something else 
to have food with people, to hang out with people, to do something else. So hopefully we're freeing up the church diary a bit to get to know each other in a more informal context, to do things together, to hang out together. And I don't know about you, but less meetings is good for me. (laughs) It's just a good thing. So hopefully there'll be a lot more time for you to do this. So we're going to trial this. We're going to review this. We think prayer has been wonderful in what we're doing. We want to really build it into the culture of the church. But that's where we're going from that. If you want to know, we're going to start that. I've got to get this right. I think the first one's October the 1st. The dates are on our website. You can go and check it. I'm going to come to the website in a minute because that's about five, six or seven down. But the dates are out there and we will, they're all published so you can look at that. Okay, number two. Read and study the Gospel of John together. Um, we... Uh, by the beginning of January, we were going to preach through the entire of John's gospel, 21 chapters of the life, death, resurrection of Jesus as written by one of his closest friends, John. It's a kind of an eyewitness account. He was there. He saw Jesus. He walked with Jesus. He ate with Jesus. He saw the miracles. He heard the teaching. He saw Jesus die on the cross. He was there when he rose from the dead. And we're going to preach through the entire gospel of John. We've entitled the series, Who is This Man? That's the question you want to keep asking. Come back to Jesus. Who is this man? That's kind of the, that's kind of the, um, the question behind John. Who is this? And we have to make our own decisions about him. John's very clear who he thinks he is. But he wants you as the reader to make those decisions for yourself. And he's going to present information through it. We're, I, if I'm right, I think we just started chapter 12 before the summer holidays. So when we kick in back to it next week, we're going to go to the back end of chapter 12, and I've planned it. We're running down to Christmas before we sort of start the Christmas stuff in December. We should hit to about chapter 18, 19, and then we're actually going to have to roll over into 2015 and finish the last year in January next year. But we hope we're going to preach through the entire book of John. Um, we encourage the church, as we do this, encourage you guys to study along with us. So in your own times, read the Gospel of John. If you've never sat down and read John's Gospel in the New Testament, 21 chapters, please do so for your own kind of development. We're preaching through it. If you find bits you're not sure, you can go and check the, you know, the sermon that um, connects that passage and have a little look at that and think, does that help you? We, um, I've, in my, this year, in my own kind of personal readings, I've only read John's Gospel. I try to do it as many ways as possible, we suddenly said. I've read it in several different translations, just to try and get a fuller, because when you're translating from another language, you can miss stuff in translations. So I've read it in a bunch of translations. I've read it quickly, like three chapters a day, and you can knock that off in a week. I've read it slowly, one chapter a day. Kind of, you may miss one or two. You can get that done in a month. I then did it really slowly and just read a small passage at a time and asked myself the question, who is this man? And I wrote in my journal kind of the answers to the questions. What did I feel John was trying to get, at, get me to get out of this book as I was reading it? And saying, what, who is this man? So I've been through it there. And then we encourage you in your reading to talk to one another about what you're reading. Talk to what you're, you're learning from John's Gospel. And I've been in life groups for the last sort of, um, nine months. And we've talked about John's Gospel. What have you learned from it? So if you haven't done that, please have a go. Read John's Gospel. We're still going to be driving through it till Christmas and a little bit beyond. Get into John's Gospel. It's an epic book. Um, written by a man who knew Jesus personally, and we'll find out as much as we can and hopefully fall more in love with Jesus as we do that. Number three on it, invite a prophet to speak. Now, this hasn't happened, but it's going to happen on the 23rd of September, which is in how many days' time? Nine? Or nine days' time? If you're on our email, you should know about this. Please nod at me if you know about this because you've got it on the email. There are some nods. Excellent. A friend of... um, 
Minor Melanies and others in the church who know him. Julian Adams, is a, he's a South African guy who lives uh, based in the UK down in Bedford with his wife, Katya. Um, and he has what I can only describe as an extraordinary prophetic gift. I mean, I, there's no other word for it. By the God's grace on him, God uses him powerfully to speak into the lives of people and churches. And we asked him, asked him a while back, because when Mel and I met him when we were at um, our previous church in Bishop Stortford, um, we said, you know, as part of our kind of, as we got to know him, we said, oh, we feel God's calling us to plant a church. And he said, he said, if you ever go and plant a church, I'll come, I'll come and visit you guys. <laughs> and so, however many years later, I thought, I'm going to call you on there. <laughs> come visit us. And he said, yes. So he's going to be here for the evening. We've got an evening meeting. Please make every effort you can to get to it. It's being held at um, the building of um, the local vineyard church. Um, I know the leader there. And I said, can we borrow your building for that? And he said, fine. Um, love to. So we're going to be going over there. Uh, please come and just come with an open expectant heart that what God is going to do because he has a, a powerful gift and an impartation and I know that what, um, how God's used him in my life has shaped me personally and this church actually by kind of definition. So that is coming. Please make a priority of that. Get babysitters if you need them um, but be ready for that. Get on the front foot. That will be an exciting evening for the church and I think it will shape us individuals and corporately as we move forward. So that's going to be a good one. And the next one, Easter and Christmas, bigger and better. When I first laid this out, I didn't realize we'd still be doing Easter now. That was never, <laughs> that wasn't in my planning. I didn't realize Easter would, Easter would last quite so long. But we basically said over the years we'd done stuff on Easter. And the first thing we did, we did the bun parties. Bun parties are something Mel and I have been doing in our homes for years and years and years. And basically Good Friday rolls around, nearly everybody is off because it's kind of one of those bank holidays, and it's a Friday one, so everyone gets a bit caught out. Oh, Friday, we've got Friday off. And so he say, invite people around your homes, give them hot cross buns and juice and fruit and stuff like that, and just hang out together and have some fun. And we've done it in the church over the last few years. We had a great time. This year, I think we had five um, uh, bum parties happening in various homes with loads and loads of people just coming, hanging out, enjoying time together, and just having fun on Good Friday. That was the whole purpose of it. Get to know your neighbours, invite them. We had people who had neighbours come around their house, people who invite colleagues from work, friends they knew, and they just had a good time together. And I've got, if I remember correctly, the, the weather on Good Friday was good. <laughs> and then we moved to Easter Sunday when everything changed. Because on Easter Sunday we had our meeting here, which went very well, and then we were going to have the Easter egg hunt over in Sutton Park, where we basically have hundreds, hundreds, about 700 Easter eggs um, that we were going to hide in the area of the park and basically let the kids and the big kids loose and say, go find them and hike them all up in chocolate and send them home to their parents. Um, but the weather was so miserable, we had to, we had to cancel it and, and we finally got around to running it. So it's this afternoon. So I'm not sure what's going to happen, but I know there's still 700 Easter eggs. There is, there is there's not quite 700. In the intervening, if anyone wants to count them, we'll find out how many have been eaten over those months but <laughs> yeah, that's right we don't want them going you don't want them going off do you no so we have somewhere around 600 eggs that we're going to be putting out um this afternoon so please come along it'll be a great opportunity we'll, we'll do the egg hunt then we'll go for a walk just around sun park hang out together have a bit of fun um and so please come ready uh for that uh this afternoon christmas uh which hasn't happened yet but um, in the previously, um, last year we did a Messy Christmas, which was our, our kids' 
kind of um, free uh, kids thing which we did in here where we had lots of messy activities they could do all themed around the Christmas story, paint and glitter and glue that went everywhere. My sons were covered in it and I kept finding it for days after, you know, in hair and all sorts of other bits. So we did that. We had our our Christmas um, uh, sermon series was Christmas at the Movies. We kind of used the movie as a sort of a, a way of presenting the Christmas story, looking at the director, the leading man, the supporting cast, um, and the Muppet Christmas Carol got in there as well. We'll be putting that together and we'll roll out what we're going to do this Christmas um, when we have more information for you, so we'll let you know. And we also had as part of that our Christmas at Costa, uh, where we had the um, Costa Coffee just over there at Wind Leisure Centre, and some of our extremely talented musicians uh, played with a Christmas theme. We kind of did, did um, a live event, which went down very well. So we want to celebrate these time wells. We've done Easter, which is still going. We've got Christmas coming, so get ready. We're going to have a great time celebrating Christmas. The next one, Acoustic Acosta. This beginning of the year was something new. We did our pilot one on that Christmas one, and then we basically wanted to run some regular live music events for our musicians, basically, to kind of get out of this area where it's very much what we want them to do is lead us in worship and praise God and basically say, go be creative, and we'll provide a kind of a context. So we went to Costa over there, and Dave May here kind of heads that up for us, and he went and negotiated them and said, could we just have your space? And they said, fine, we'll open a few, you know, a little bit of hours extra. You just come and entertain us, and if you've been, they've been excellent. It's been wonderful to see our musicians in another context just going being musical, and we've had mashups and all sorts of uh, crazy things going on there. And it's been wonderful to hear them and just see them be creative in, in that environment. The coffee's good because Costa are in charge of that and snacks that they serve for us. And we just get to sit in a nice environment. And the wonderful knock-on effect is that they love us there. They genuinely think we're good. One, because we put money across the, you know, across the bar because we buy drinks from them. But they just love the environment. Apparently, the baristas fight over who's on that evening. Because they, they want to hear the music. Because otherwise, if they're on and a fright, it can be a bit kind of slow and a bit boring. But actually, it's like, oh, the mu- they're, they're on. Can we be on? And there's apparently a little bit of back and forth between them trying to get that shift so they get to hear some of our musicians do really well. Dave's also invited some musicians outside the church just to come and play and be part of that and kind of bless them and give them an opportunity. So we've had that involved. We've got a couple more dates uh, for this term, one on the 24th of October on a Friday night and one on the 12th of December on a Friday night, which will be uh, another Christmas-themed one, so wear your Santa hat uh, for that. Those dates are on our website if you want to check them out. Just click on the scrolling banner on the front and go look at them. So they've been a great opportunity. They're wonderful to invite friends to ham- hang out and just be. And inviting people to Costa is nice because it's Costa. You, you know what you're going to get there. It's nothing kind of strange. And they come and they listen to live music. And I know Mel... Uh, my wife's had a bunch of friends come who came the first time, were absolutely blown away at the quality of the musicians and said, you tell us whenever this is on, we want to come back because it's just a nice environment, great music, great time to hang out. So they're coming up two more this term. Please check the dates for the website. The next one, the Catalyst Festival. <laughs> That's the only feature I, got, I went through my pictures to find. That's us after we pitched our tent. Um, the Catalyst Festival, the part of a uh, ch- group of churches we're part of, New Frontiers, has um, currently has multiplied into, spe- into, into spheres. The sphere we're a part of is Catalyst, which is still part of the big family of New Frontiers. And for the last two years, they've run a festival, the bank holiday uh, weekend at the beginning of May, over at the Stony Agricultural Showground, which isn't far from us, just over uh, near Coventry. And uh, they've had you know, 3,500 people turn up to camp 
and be part of it. And Real Life Church has gone both those years and we've made a big deal out of it. It's been kind of a highlight of our years, actually, um, because you get to go, you get to camps, you get to be together as a church, all in one place. We're part of lots of other people doing the same thing. There's meetings in the evening, great big meetings, several thousand people in them, led by cracking bands, great uh, speakers. There's hundreds of seminars on throughout the week that you can kind of dip in and out of. There's kids' work from kind of the youngest all the way up to teenagers that they can access and get involved in, plus other just activities like a festival feel about it, art exhibitions you can go to, all sorts of things for, for all ages to get involved in. We've had over 50 from the church there each time we've been, and it's been absolutely awesome. We decided on the very first year we were going to do it. We said, how can we make this accessible to people? How can we help people get there? Bar pointing guns at them and saying, you will come. How can we, how can we in a nice way say, come and, and do something to help them? And so we decided the best way is to say, we'll provide the food as a church. And so both years, we've basically hired a big marquee. We've set it up. We've, hired, uh, we've brought in um, caterers. When you say caterers, they're parents of people in the church who love to cook. But they still are functioning as caterers. And they basically, and we bought all the food and we provided a space where we can all be together for every mealtime, three times a day, which is exciting because you get to see people all day. And that's wonderful. That's community. <laughs> so, first thing in the morning, yeah. No. So, we all get to eat together and we eat together all, da- all weekend. And that's really made it because it means it takes the weight off you. All you've got to do is turn up and you're going to be fed. Okay, and you've got a tent, you can pitch a tent, and we're part of it, and it's been, it's been brilliant. So that has been a fantastic time. This time last year, this time, uh, we had a great time there. Um, a lot of people met powerfully with God. Some people went for the first time, some people had come back for the previous year. But who went to the Catholic Festival? Can't... Now, you've got to, I'm asking you, so make sure, you... was it a good time? Good, thank you. <laughs> Tell others. This year, they haven't actually put out the dates yet, but... Hopefully this year we'll go back, but it was just a fantastic time. A lot of people met with God, God spoke to them, God did things in their life, but that was awesome. So we'd geared up for that, we've done that, that was brilliant. Next one, Great Midlands Fun Run. This is actually the weekend straight after. So you do Catholic Cecil on the first weekend, and then the back end, we did the Great Midlands Fun Run. This was um, something I wanted to do as a church. We've done this twice now? Twice. This was our second one where we wanted to enter something that was happening in Sutton Colfield. It was kind of thrust upon us in one way because where the fun run runs, the route, is just up here. It goes right down past the leisure centre. So even if we wanted to meet, we just couldn't get here because <laughs> they close all the roads. So you can't actually get into here. So it's like, if you can't beat them, join them. We're going to put a team in. We're going to go and run. Our, or we can support and stand and cheer. Uh, and we've had a bunch of runners both, um, both years, and this is the, what we had last year. This year, we, um, we got T-shirts made up. It's got Homestart on the front, which is a local charity that um, Wendy Coltart from the church here sort of uh, volunteers for. And we, we said, went to them and said, do you mind if we raise lots of money for you? Which they fell over, got back up and said, that sounds great. So we had T-shirts made up with Homestart. It's got our, had our church name on the back. We all went in. We all had Garish Orange, which had no kickback from people thinking that doesn't go with anything else I'm wearing on my complexion, by the way. Everyone gladly wore the T-shirt, the runners and those on the sides cheering us on. And so we did the, the route as part of the fun run. Some of us dressed up. That's Jamie at the back. Um, as a bear and Ben at the front as Banana Man. The more sane of us decided we'll just run it. That's bad enough. We got in the paper. 
uh, which was wonderful. Matt was in the paper, wasn't he, dressed up with his top hat. I think Dan got in the paper too as well, dressed in his suit. Um, so that was a great time. We raised over £1,000. I think it was near up £1,300 for Homestar, which was just, we just wanted to bless someone outside of us, just say, we'll raise you some money. And we got that. So thank you to all who gave. Thank you to all who supported. Then after the fun run, we went back to Paul and Catherine's house and basically just had a barbecue hung out in the afternoon. So it was a kind of an all-day thing. So we didn't do church formally like this, but we had a great time just being part of the community of Sutton Coalfield, enjoying what they are doing. There was, the, the fun run gets sold out every year. I think there's 7,000 runners. Um, so it was a brilliant time. So that was a great Midlands fun run. I think we should do it again next year. Amen? I, think, I don't want to dress up. No, no. It was bad enough just getting around the course in a T-shirt and shorts. All right. So that was a great Midlands fun run. Next one, Alpha course. Um, Alpha, if you haven't heard of Alpha, Alpha is a, is a national, pheno- it's actually a global phenomenon now. Began, the course began in a church in London and has now gone worldwide that was begun for a way to people connect with the, um, the Christian faith. And uh, the church that started it down in London runs a national campaign kind of this time um, every year to sort of provoke the country if they want to ask larger questions about the things of God, about Jesus, about life, about death. And we want to get on the back of it. I've been involved in Alpha courses for many years in, uh, in previous churches. Melanie particularly has spearheaded that, run Alpha courses for young people, for adults. And we wanted to get behind that this year. We wanted to put on an Alpha course to coincide with the national campaign this term. All right. So if you're interested in kind of getting involved in that, please talk to Melanie. If you have a friend you'd like to invite on that, please talk to Melanie. We've had some people already say, yes, we'd like to do it. And we're kind of formalizing how many and where that will be and how that's going to work out. But it's something that has uh, a national significance. People actually know about the Alpha course. There are adverts on buses and trains and, and the like. And we just want to dovetail with that and say, God, we're going to do this by faith and we want you to use this course to give us an opportunity to tell people about Jesus and give them an opportunity to respond to Jesus and see, you know, see where they are, see if we can answer some of their questions or at least point them to Jesus. So that we're hoping to start running this term. You'll hear more and more about that. No doubt we'll be praying into that at various points when we have more information and when we gather to pray. So in your own times, please put that on your hearts. Who's God got in your life that it might be worth inviting to an Alpha course? If you've got someone who can only do certain times of day, just talk to Melanie and we'll see what we can do to serve them. So that's Alpha Course, which we're hoping to do uh, to move into that um, this term. So I'm really excited about what's going to happen there. Number nine, the website. I don't know if you've noticed, but it's gone live. Who knows we have a new website live? Oh, (laughs) three, three or four people. Oh, fantastic. That's good. The rest of you obviously check our website Daily, it's your homepage. When you click, your browser opens. Real Life Church is obviously the first thing you see. (laughs) I think it went live Wednesday, Thursday, this week. Um, But I've been working on this with our designer and others for for months and months. And so we kind of promised we put money in the budget to upgrade our website and functionality. It is now live. Please go and look at it. Say yes, Stuart. Thank you. Two key things I want to highlight about it. Um, number one is um, the calendar. There's, um, you can't see it, but off on, on the right, there's a little calendar link. You can link on there and you can go to a calendar which basically has all the dates I've just thrown at you are on there. Church at Prayer, Jillian Adams, Costa, Life Groups, Sunday, they're all on there and we will update that regularly with it. So 
if you have any question about where, when something happening, where is it happening, and what time is it happening, the answer, the default answer, will now be, go check the, or have you checked the website? To which, if you say no, you will look sheepishly at your feet and feel ashamed. So go there and just check it. It's got the information on it, so please use that. We'll update it as, as much as quick as we can with all the information, so it will be there for you to have a look at. The second one is our sermons are all there, and we've got some of our kind of archive sermons are up there as well if you want to check them out. Um, all the Who Is This Man series is all on there, plus a couple of other series we've done, the one we did last year at Christmas, the one we did on work um, just before Christmas last year. They're all on there. Plus, we're in the process of just, um, we've submitted our request to, to Apple to let us have a podcast because it's all got to go through them. And hopefully if they, if they okay us, you can kind of sign up and we'll be on podcasts. But you can listen to it on your smartphone or your tablet or you can listen to it on your computer if you want to get in there. So please just go and have a look at that. Phase one is done. We have more plans for phase two. But that has happened, which is great. So please go and look at our website. The next one, toilets at the youth center. What I said at um, this at the beginning of 2014 was one of the things that I just, I just, we felt this kind of nudge from God, and I thought, I'll put it out to the church, see how people feel. And we were meeting in here, and it wasn't the most kind of nicest um, building, a council-run youth centre, and one of the worst parts of the building were the toilets. If you've ever been into the toilets, either, hands up who's been in the toilet. Yes, I'm sorry. Particularly the guys, but you know that's always the way. And so we, I, I put out them. I said, Look, let's 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 put before God prayer, and for us the people that we would invest time and money in actually upgrading them for them, for us for use on a Sunday, but actually for all the young people and everyone who uses this centre, kind of week by week. And that would be a great thing. We thought that would be a um, a good benefit for us as a church to kind of use our our money sort of to bless them, bless the people who use it, and we think it would benefit them, but it would also benefit us. We thought it would be a, a good expression of being good news to the city and blessing the community. And we kind of, and there was a general ripple of, yeah, that sounds like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Um, as, the, as the time uh, kind of went on, and we got involved with them, we started talking to the youth centre, other things came up, and actually having the floor done came up as actually a possibility that would also benefit us and benefit the youth centre. And then as um, Charlie, part of the church, started to negotiate, <coughs> more and more came out. And he started coming back to me and saying, do you know what? The youth centre not only will let, you know, want us to do the floor, but actually they'll let us hang our speakers and our projector and our screen here. In fact, in fact it would be better if we came in that way. They're, they're going to let us put a door in. And I'm like, really? And he said, yeah, yeah, we'll let us put, because that door wasn't there six months ago. Um, they let us put that in because it would benefit us. And as it went on and on, he said, they'll, they'll let us hang a whacking great sign, which I hope you've seen there. That's an original Phil Yates piece of art um, that they let us hang. That's permanently there the whole time. Um, and they said, they'll let us hang there. Hang that there. They'll let us do, put the bar in where all the tea and coffee is. That wasn't there, in, that wasn't there two months ago. They let us put that in. And so as it says, so have we done the toilets? No, <laughs> definitely not. And they're still bad. And I'm sorry. Um, but we have been, by the grace of God, been allowed to invest in this youth center a um, huge amount. We've been shown wonderful favor by the manager, Ed, um, who just thinks well of us, which is great. And I, I don't know why, but he does. Um, and so God has been so good to us. So what our plan was, what we were going in this direction, and it didn't quite work out, but we have had so much more than I could ever ask or imagine um, by God's grace for us as a church. We, where we are now 
is was nowhere where, where we were like 12 months ago. It's the, the, the change is, is breathtaking by comparison. So that's still on our radar, but we have definitely have not done that. But it's still kind of something to think, okay, maybe in the future we'll see where it goes with this building. That actually might be something we come back to. But I, I think within that we need to be people who thank God for him allowing us to do what we've done here so ready, so much. All this kit we put in is ours so we can take it with us, but they let us leave it here plumbed in our multi-core so it's really easy on setup for the musicians and the PA. They even let us hang that television out there. Oh, you've got speakers out there. Have you noticed that? This is coming out there. They let us just leave the speakers there. It's, it's just incredible what God has done through us. So much to thank God um, for that. But we haven't done the toilets yet, so I can only apologize for that. But it's still kind of there for us maybe to the future. Last two. Uh, number 11, uh, serve the poor. We felt we wanted to have a tangible outreach as a church to be good news to the poor. We felt that's very much a mandate of the church, a mandate of Christians to serve the poor. And we didn't know quite how that was going to work. Uh, we did some investigating and some research. And uh, the URC church in town on the one-way system had just started a food bank. And they were just going running. And I knew the minister through the kind of the churches together thing we're, we're going through. And we did a little bit of kind of asking around. And they said, they're just starting. We, we went to them and said, do you mind if we help? Do you mind if we collect food and give it to you for the food bank so you can distribute it to the needy? And they pulled our arm off. They said, we would love that, um, to do that. And what we have, it worked out every week. This, this blue bin is here. It's not here because we haven't forgotten how to move it. It sits at the front of church. And we encourage all the people in the church to maybe just put one extra thing in your shopping each week and then just bring it to church, put it in there, and then we bag, pa- package this up, take it down to the URC and give it to them. We had Henry and Uta who run it from the URC. They were with us in, I think, back end of June last year, this year, back end of June, and they were basically overwhelmed in their thanks. The, what we contribute as a church is a big proportion of what they get given and then they give on they, they threw some stats this thing something like 450 kind of families served so far with the food we've given and so what I do is on our regular mail out I put kind of at the bottom this is what they're asking for at the moment and there's just usually a few things on there so if you wouldn't mind doing that so if you want to contribute to that just put something extra in your shopping bring it here on a Sunday this blue bucket is always out we put it at the front so it kind of it's it's an expression of worship, actually, because we're actually doing this. It's, it's it's God is the ultimate kind of one we're doing this for, even though it serves people. He's the one we're doing it for, and we want to love Him and love people. So we leave it there. We encourage children to get involved, get the kids to come and put the stuff in during the worship time or whenever you want. But we we collect that up, take that round to the use ban- uh, the the food bank at the URC, and we we plan to continue that. We're not going to stop. And their their response has been overwhelming, and it's great to ha- great to have Henry Nuta with us. Um, back in June, telling us some of the stories and how much we'd, we'd serve people. So we're thrilled at how that uh, relationship's going, and we're going to keep doing that. Uh, last one. Last one is uh, multiply a life group. We felt at the um, beginning of the year that we wanted to, in faith, put before God, yeah, there's some people from a life group. That was, one of, that was our first ever multiplication party when we went from one to two. Um, and they were some of the people who were there on the evening at our old place, you may recognize some faces. But we felt in a faith goal before God that we were going to, we wanted to grow and multiply, go from three groups to four groups. And that was before we realized we were going to have others come and join us. <laughs> so it was a case of, okay, I think we might hit this one now because um, we've got people, we felt possibly an alpha course would be used to do that. We didn't know, we prayed into all those things. 
We had some people coming up from Tamworth, uh, which we think, were we looking out there? We weren't sure what was happening. There were lots of goals we were going to pray into. Um, and, and we're still looking at that. I know many of you have joined and looking to get involved in, in uh, life groups, and I'm thrilled for that, especially the new guys who came from Sutton Christian Fellowship. I'm, can I be honest? I'm overwhelmed at your enthusiasm. I genuinely thought, I genuinely thought that you'd, you'd come along and just sit and just suss us out for a little while. You know, just kind of, eh, we'll come along and we'll, we'll what? You are? Okay, thank you. Well, you're, still, you're doing it enthusiastically. That's what you're doing. And so I'm getting kind of these requests. Can we join life groups? You know, I'm thinking, really? Already? Okay. Um, that's good. And um, what we're going to do is next week's June Adams, there's no life groups. The week after that, there is... Um, a prayer meeting, so there's no life groups there. We've got one this week. What we want to do, if you want to come and meet with you guys, we know who you are, um, in a nice way. We know who you are. We know where you live. Um, and basically, actually ask you to go and visit certain groups just to help us kind of smooth over this so no, not a lot of people will turn up at one group and become overwhelming. So we will come. Please bear with us. We will come and talk to you and say, why don't you go and try this group? Why don't you go and try that group? Just to help us manage the flow and the influx. And as part of this, we're looking to multiply to a fourth group as well, which further complicates things, but in an exciting, good way. Um, don't, if I ever moan about the challenges of growth, just drag me outside and beat me a little bit and then bring me back in. Um, but actually, growth pro, um, proves challenges leadership-wise in trying to manage it, but it's all good and it's all wonderful. So we are on that. We're going to be doing that. And please bear with us while we come and talk to you about that. Um, So that's our 12 steps. I hope through that you get a sense of what God is doing amongst us. And I hope you are thrilled at what God has done. Because if we go back to the beginning of this year, nine months, none of those had happened at all. And God has done many, many if not all of them, and way beyond our expectations. Huge. He's done things I couldn't even, you know, shoot for the stars. I still would have not got some of the things he's done amongst us and he's done as a church. So I am super, super thrilled. But what this leaves us here now is I want us to be a thankful people, but I also want us to be a people who are on the front foot saying this, this, this puts challenges before us to kind of be good stewards of what God has done because actually God has, has blessed us in so many ways, but then the responsibility of that is to be a blessing. It should never terminate on us. It shouldn't be something we just enjoy and think, aren't we awesome? But actually it should go out with us in serving the poor, serving the community, loving those around us. And I just want to flag one area to you for your prayers and your consideration. And that is the area of our children's work, um, which is happening out there. Last week we had um, a terrifyingly wonderful situation where we had about 28 children go out to kids' work. That's nearly a class. And so that just, that was way beyond we'd had before with guests and new people. And it was just like, oh my goodness, where have they all come? And if our sums are correct, 24 of them were under five. Just, yeah, the the intake of breath is terrifying enough, isn't it? (laughs) And they move fast, these little ones. Even the small ones, they are quick and they are enthusiastic, and they are, they are noisy by the grace of God, which we love. And we love life, and we love energy, and we love kids, and we love babies, and we've had lots of them as a church, and we want that to continue. Go and multiply. Keep going. You know, so we love that. But actually, as a kid's work, we're, for me as a preacher, we could double or triple in size, and it would make very little difference. I just stand and talk. The band, we could put more people in, and they just play. When you have 
more children in a room, it causes tears and gray hair and just <laughs> and other associated kind of ailments. And so I just want to put that to you actually as a place of prayer in terms of praying for our kids' workers, thanking our kids' workers, helping our kids' workers out. If you feel that that's something you want to get involved in, please go and talk to Melanie who leads our kids' work and just in that process because that's the one of the areas I think we're feeling the biggest squeeze right now. It's instant. And, and trying to just comply with our child protection policy and all those things and manage that is a big deal. And so I just want to put that out there with you um, to say that I want to be so thankful and not, not be negative, but I also want to say this is an issue for us and it's something we want to pray into and, and be on the front foot. And so if you can help us, please talk to me or Melanie. I would love that because that's something where we're going um, as a church. All right, let's stand up. Please, we'll stop there. Can the band come on? Can you guys come and get ready? God has done some amazing things with us this year. I hope you've got that sense that actually God has done incredible things. He's done way beyond we could ever kind of imagine. There's that verse in it. More than you can ask or imagine. I really feel like looking around, reviewing that stuff, he's done that. And so I want us to be front foot, a thankful people that just praise God for his grace and his hand upon us. So I'm going to lead us in a time of prayer. Hand over to Dave and the band that we can worship God. But let that be our kind of our anthem this morning, to be thankful uh, for what God has done and what has enabled him. So do you want to close your eyes? I'm going to pray. Lord Jesus, I want to say, God, I want to say I stand in awe of you. Lord Jesus, I want to stand in awe of what you've done. Lord God, I, I want to always start with the cross, Lord God, that you came to earth as a man. You lived that perfect life. You, you died the death that I should have died in my place. Lord, then you rose from death victorious. Lord, you called all of us into your church to be your people, Lord God. But it, it didn't even end there, Lord. You gave us a commission and said, go, and I'm going to come with you, Lord. And we stand here as a, a little group of people just in this big city trying to follow your will, Lord, and I want to say thank you for what you've done amongst us as a church. Lord, I want to say I'm in awe of what you've done amongst us as a church. I want to thank you for how you've taken our kind of our small expectations and prayers and, and answered them beyond what we could imagine, bigger than we could imagine, done more than we could have dared hope for, Lord, and I want to say today that I am a thankful man. I'm a thankful man. We are a thankful people to you, Lord Jesus. We want to say we love you, we praise you, we worship you, and we humbly ask God you continue to do more amongst us, that you do more and more amongst us for your glory and your fame. Lord, I ask that you would do stuff here amongst us that is so beyond us we could never take credit, that is so much more than our planning, our wisdom, our intellect, our efforts, our money, our, our gifts, that when people look at us, they'll say it had to be God because it's no way it could be them. <laughs> Lord Jesus, we love you and we praise you. And God's people said, Amen. Amen.